Hello and welcome to the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode. Today is the third episode in our new series in conjunction with our partners at Heeltread.com. If you have not heard of Heeltread.com, go and check them out. They are a new startup company which produce lovely, comfortable, motorsport-inspired socks. And there are so many designs to choose from. If you are a bit of a motorsport enthusiast or a motorsport nut like me, you will find plenty that you would like to add to your collection. And I actually came across Heel Tread uh, about a year or so ago uh, on Instagram on one of their adverts and discovered the company and looked through uh, the catalogue. And I must say, I have a larger collection of their socks than I would like to admit. And um, once I got going with our, our little podcast here, I got in contact with them to see if they would like to get involved. And they have very kindly provided some of their lovely socks um, for some of our subscribers. So, <clears throat> if you would like to be in with a chance of winning a pair of a lovely pair of Heel Tread Motorsport Inspired Socks, all you need to do is download the Podbean app, which is where our podcast is hosted, and click follow or subscribe, uh, and you will be automatically entered to winning um, for the chance of winning a pair of their socks. They, we believe the socks are over on their way from Portugal where they are produced right now uh, and hopefully will be here at uh, the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast HQ very soon so we can pick our first winner. But the idea behind uh, this little series is, is that every pair of heel tread socks has a story behind it. So at the moment, I'm actually looking down at my feet, I'm wearing a pair of Golf GTI themed uh, <laughs> socks, but there are many others. And we've spoken about two, uh, um, two uh, of their sock lines so far. We talked about the story of the Wins liveried Ford GT, the first and only um, modern Ford GT to be entered privately into the Le Mans 24 hours. And a really intriguing story. Um, the second story was about the legendary Audi Quattro rally car, the first four-wheel drive rally car uh, ever um, ever entered and ever competed with and changed the sport forever. Now today, we're going to stick on rallying for our third episode because today we're going to talk about my favourite rally car of all time, the Subaru Impreza WR. C. Now, the Subaru Impreza is such a significant car, not only in rallying history, but in the history of the Subaru brand and the way that it is perceived around the world. And it all the re the reason why you know, nowadays people would, when you think about a Subaru Impreza and you think about Subarus, particularly United Kingdom, it's always been over the last oh, twenty five years or so. Uh, it's always been a bit of a boy racer's dream car, a very, very fast, high-performance car. Before that, it was a, a farmer's runaround, and that all changed because of the company's participation in rallying, and most most importantly, who uh, participated with that car in the World Rally Championship. So the Subaru Impreza 
Rally Car um, first took to the stages in 1994 and it took on the mantle of the previous Subaru Legacy which was a much more um, a much more kind of utilitarian vehicle a lot more simple not quite as sporting in its setup um, very typically Subaru very reliable rock solid build quality but maybe not the last word in performance but that all changed in 1994 when the Impreza was introduced. Now, Subaru uh, could not go rallying without the help of ProDrive. Now, ProDrive are an engineering firm based uh, near Banbury in Oxfordshire, um, run by uh, a gentleman called uh, David Richards, who actually won the World Rally Championship as a co-driver with Ari Vatanen in 1981 at the wheel of a, the beautiful Mark II uh, Ford Escort, but he set up um, ProDrive as a kind of rally preparation firm, um, and and they in, a, in the early 1990s they got the contract to run uh, the Subaru World Rally cars. So they started off with the with the Legacy, and then in 1994 was when the Impreza was introduced. Now, it's Although the the Impreza took Subaru into a new into a whole new dimension altogether in rallying, the Legacy did win uh, before it was retired. It was it won uh, the 1993 uh, New Zealand Rally at the hands of Colin McRae, who we will talk about a li- in a little while. But in 1994, the car was debuted the Subaru Impreza from with the legendary Ari Vatanen taking the car to second place on the Thousand Lakes Rally in Finland. One of the most gruelling tests for any rally car, particularly in its first outing. So to, to finish on the podium in the very first outing of the car was incredibly impressive. But a lot of that will come down to having somebody like Ari Vatanen in the car, uh, someone who was always willing to push well over 100% effort and he would put the car right onto the edge and sometimes beyond the edge. Very much he was the, I guess you could say, he was the precursor to the Colin McRae era. <laughs> um, and actually there's a brilliant story about when Ari Vatanen and Colin McRae were teammates at Subaru when they were out testing on a road in Finland and Ari Vatanen was, was, while they were developing the Impreza, Ari Vatanen decided he would take Colin McRae out onto the stages and show him the ropes. And he was so determined to um, show this new young whippersnapper what he was really made of and almost tried to show off in front of him to assert his dominance in the team. But all he succeeded in doing as they tore off down the straight was rolling the car and writing it off completely. Um, and actually, I think Ari and Colin became even closer friends because they shared such a similar approach to rallying, which was, even doubt, flat out. But the first win for the Super Impreza came from Spaniard Carlos Sainz at the Acropolis Rally in Greece in 1994 in that first season. And since then... The Subaru Impreza has had an extraordinary history, extraordinary heritage in the World Rally Championship. Subaru Imprezas have won the World Rally Championship on three occasions. In the hands of Colin McRae in 1995, in the hands of Richard Burns in 2001, and in the hands of Peter Solberg in 2000. 
and 3. But really, what effect the Impreta had, I mean, after all these rally wins, all these championships, that they what they did was change the um, perception of the Subaru brand. It used to be a farmer's car, and almost overnight, once Colin McRae got into his winning ways, winning the title in 1995, and then winning rallies in 96, and 97, and 98... By then, the Subaru Impreza was just such a popular car for people who who like to drive enthusiastically. Also, the engine um, that the Subaru Impreza has a two-liter, um, well, in the early days, a two-liter boxer engine. It has this amazing burbling um, soundtrack, and just the the images of. Colin McRae driving these cars flat out and that burbling, crackling and banging noises coming from this fire-spitting rally car. Just, oh, it, it makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And in in Scotland in particular, in the late 1990s, the, it was the car of choice for for um for for driving enthusiasts and you just you could almost hear and you if 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 there was a if you lived on the edge of town if there was a, a Subaru Impreza firing up in the town centre you would hear it so loud and so deep was the noise emitted from the um Subaru Impreza's engine. But really, the most significant Subaru Impreza of all was uh, the registration number L five 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 B A T which was, of course, the car that Colin McRae took to the World Rally Championship in 1995. And without a doubt, it's the most significant rally car ever built, this particular particular car. And actually, in the the recent um, series of Top Gear, um, presenter Chris Harris did a really touching feature, not only on Colin, but also the car as well, and took the car uh, along a stage at Chatsworth, um, Chatsworth House, which was just incredible to see that car up and running. The car still remains in the ownership of the McRae family, but is is um, often used for TV programmes and for promotional events. And actually, the car will be appearing at the McRae Rally Challenge, which will take place um, at Knock Hill Racing Circuit at the beginning of October. So do keep an eye out and get your tickets for that. It'll be a great um, chance to see the car uh, in, in action. But the 1995 championship season, the year that Colin McRae won the title, it was classic Colin McRae in so many ways. So dramatic. Um, nothing was ever straightforward with Colin McRae. He always liked everything to be as exciting as possible. He would win in the most exciting fashion and he would lose in the most exciting fashion. And I think that's really what why so many people were endeared to Colin because he was human. He was a complete genius behind the wheel um, but he was he was prone to flaws, he was prone to mistakes. So attacking and so aggressive was his driving style that often he would step over the limit. But that almost brought him uh, into the public, uh, it brought him closer to the public's hearts more than anything. In one of his first outings in the World Rally Championship at the wheel of the Subaru Legacy, he was given uh, that he was doing the British Championship at the time, but he was given a chance to go uh, out to the Rally Finland um, to get some experience. And he was given very firm orders by his boss, David Richards, to go out there, take it easy, get used to the roads and just finish the rally and, and get the mileage up. 
Um, but over the course of that weekend, he rolled the, his Subaru Legacy 13 times. But every time, they would knock this car back into shape and take it back out onto the stage again. So tough was this Subaru Legacy. And at that point, the Finnish fans just adored him for this this spirit um, that he took to, to his rallying. But the story of his 1995 series, well, poof. Uh, it, it's it's an absolute cracker. It started off in the worst possible way for for Colin McRae. Um, you know he started off with a crash uh, in the in the first round of the season at the Monte Carlo Rally, a very very challenging rally with changing surfaces. It go it can go from dry tarmac to ice to snow and back to dry tarmac again. All in this, all in one stage, and get, choosing the correct tire, and um, whether it's you know a, a studded tire, a snow tire, um, soft, dry, whatever, it's so difficult, and um, to and you're always going to be on the wrong tire at some point. But the trick is being on the right tire for longer than everybody else. That's the that's the conundrum that all of the drivers and crews tried to crack. But it didn't go very well. A crash at Monte Carlo, and then the very next round in Sweden, um, uh, on the in the snowy banks of Sweden engine failure so two rounds in absolutely no no points at all and it looked at that point that McRae was almost in in those days when the season was a lot shorter than it is today that almost looked like it could have been game over but there was a couple of <laughs> a couple of events that you simply could not have written first of which was rivals Toyota now at that point Toyota were the dominant force in the World Rally Championship. And the car that they were com campaigning with in 1995 was the Toyota Celica GT4. Now, if you've ever played Sega Rally before and at your local arcade or your local bowling hall, um, if you, the, the Celica GT4 is featured on there. Now, the Celica GT4 was a very, very fast car. And as the season progressed, it became very, very obvious just how fast it was compared to its rival. And it was almost embarrassing how much faster it was in a straight line. And it became clear uh, on a special stage in the middle of the season, um, or a super special stage, I should say, in a stadium section where the two cars start side by side and tear off into the, into the stage. And it became very clear that the Toyota had... A ridiculous um, <laughs> advantage in a straight line. Now, up to this point, nothing had been found untoward within that Toyota engine. But when the scrutineers looked a little bit closer, they found a device within the, the Toyota's turbo, which is renowned as one of the finest and most devious cheats ever discovered in global motorsport. Basically, the turbo was able to... Uh, you'd need someone far cleverer than me to, to, explain the, um, to explain the nuances of how it works. But it was basically giving a boost of over 50 horsepower on demand and then would shut back. So basically, it was allow, opening to allow more air into the turbo and then more power and then could shut uh, when um, the car was being checked for scrutineering. Absolutely incredible. Um, but it, 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 it had devastating effect. But unfortunately, it was so good that it did, it did get spotted. Toyota were thrown out of the championship with immediate effect and they only returned uh, a couple of years uh, later with Carlos Sainz where they lost the championship uh, in the last stage of the year. 
only now, um, since the new World Rally rules in 2017, have they really managed to recover and come back to World Rally and, and start winning again with a clean sheet of paper. So that was Toyota out the way, and that was a big. They were a big, big threat, scoring lots of points and putting Colin McRae further down the order. However, Colin still had to worry about his other his teammate in the very same Subaru Impreza WRC, Carlos Sainz, the Spaniard, one of the finest rally drivers ever to walk the planet, and a gentleman who is still winning rallies uh, in the in the Dakar um, long distance rally raid event. Quite an extraordinary gentleman. But at that point. Carlos Sainz was, was Colin McRae's arch nemesis, um, as is often the case in motorsport when two people are in the same team with a very competitive car. But Carlos Sainz was involved in a mountain bike crash and injured himself, causing him to miss a part of the season, which gave Colin a brilliant opportunity to get back into the game and level up on points. But it all came down to a head in Rally Catalonia. Now, Rally Catalonia is one of my favourite rallies. I love tarmac rallies. The, the the look of, I think it's it's the, the best way to see the ability of a rally car on a road that we might drive every day. On a gravel road, I mean, it's not, it's something that very few of us would experience driving at speed down a gravel road, or certainly some of, <laughs> something that few of us should experience uh, driving down a gravel road at high speed. But on tarmac, you really see what these cars are capable of in comparison to your normal road car. And cr more crucially, what a professional rally driver is more capable of than your regular road driver as well. That's even more important. But the way round the tight hairpin bends, how they can just flick the handbrake, dance the car around, almost just turning it on a, on, on, on a dime. It's just extraordinary to watch. And these Group A rally cars of the time, like the Impreza, were just extraordinary. Um, you know, to come down onto the on the brakes, rip on the handbrake, turn the car around, and then straight back on the gas with the with the exhaust popping and crackling. It's just oh, it's uh, just iconic. But in Catalonia, it was a fierce battle between Carlos and Colin in the Subaru Impreza. And it all came down to the Saturday night. One rally due to finish on the Sunday. And on Saturday night, the Subaru team called a meeting. And boss David Richards said, Right guys, we've got the Manufacturers Championship to think about. We've got Carlos in the lead, only just, I think about eight or nine seconds. He says, Carlos is in the lead, Colin, you're in second. We're minutes ahead of everybody else. Tomorrow, we're going to stay in formation. We're going to go slow. We're going to take no risk. And we're going to get both of these cars to the finish in the order they are now. So no pushing. <clears throat> Colin on, um, was not the sort of guy to take instruction very well anyway, but this particular instruction did not sit well with him at all. And it was rumoured at the time that even with Colin's displeasure at this decision, Carlos Sainz took the opportunity to wind him up saying that he didn't need the team orders to beat him, which of course only just made Colin drive even faster. Now on the Sunday... Colin McRae decided to completely ignore these team orders and drive absolutely flat out. And if you're a rally fan or even if you're a fan of motorsport, I'm sure you've seen the images of the Subaru team actually sending personnel out onto the stage to 
to jump out in front of the car trying to slow him down. Stupid and reckless, quite honestly. But Colin, as he was going flying past the team personnel, he upchanged and kept on the power just to ram the point home that he was not for being controlled. And he went on to win the rally. And of course, at that point, all hell broke loose because obviously Carlos Sainz was furious that he'd followed the team order. He'd, he'd not pushed and Colin had overtaken him. David Richards, the team boss, was absolutely incensed with the dis- the disobedience of his um, of his employee Colin McRae, and of course Colin was incensed that he was even asked to do that in the first place. Now at this point, David Richards instructed Colin to check into the final time check late, therefore incurring a penalty and dropping back to second place. And he was instructed to do so. Now, of course, Colin protested this sternly, but he was told in no uncertain terms, basically, if he didn't, if he didn't follow this order, he would not be getting in the car for the final round in Wales Rally GB. And thankfully, um, Colin's very wise father, Jimmy McRae, a five-time British champion himself, uh, managed to convince Colin that it was best just to take this one on the chin and go to Wales Rally GB and do the business there. And of course, as we all know, at Wales Rally GB, that's exactly what Colin did. Colin drove like a man possessed and absolutely dominated that event. Now, as I mentioned a few times in the podcast before, this that particular experience, that particular event, is my fondest, fondest childhood memory, and it's probably my earliest memory as well, actually, because I remember Sunday afternoon, in those days you the rally was was broadcast on Sunday Grandstand and then there was a, a, a highlights package in, in the evening. And my mum, she's a huge rally fan and she um she she basically plonked me in front of the TV and I watched this Scottish guy in this amazing blue and gold car going and winning the World Rally Championship and I thought this is a bit of me. And from there on a passion just just exploded and still remains with me to this day. 25 years later um, and I think there are many people like me not just here in the UK but all over the world who feel that way not only about Colin but about the Subaru and of, um, the Subaru Impreza itself and if you look today at the Subaru um, the Subaru brand the Impreza uh, is no longer such a part of their brand and actually the Really, the, the when you when people talk about Subaru Impreza performance cars, they're thinking they almost thought of it as a classic car. Now, there isn't necess- isn't really a modern alternative anymore. There was up until quite recently, and they still compete with the car in America. Amazingly, in the blue and gold um, classic um, livery from the mid nineteen nineties uh, as as well. But I think that. Colin's exploits behind the wheel of the Impreza particularly really cemented what the Subaru brand was at the time because Colin McRae won 25 world rally um, world rallies. Of those 25, 17 of those were in a Subaru Impreza. So only the, the other eight were in the Ford Focus and um, one in the Subaru Legacy as well. Now, at the end of the 1998 season... Colin decided to move away from the Subaru team to um, to the Ford World Rally team with M Sport and Malcolm Wilson, and at that time he signed. He was such a hot he was such a hot commodity that he signed for a record 
level of salary uh, at that time, backed by Ford globally and Martini as well. But actually, Collins' Subaru journey was, was, wasn't over. In 2007, he flew to the Goodwood Festival of Speed, where they have not just um, the, the hill climb up to the famous Goodwood House, but they also have a, sh a short rally stage where they demonstrate a lot of significant historical rally cars. Now, on this particular time, Colin and his old boss, David Richards, flew by helicopter to the Goodwood Festival of Speed, had dinner the night before, and Colin um, demonstrated the company's then brand new um, hatchback um, Subaru Impreza, which they were to go to the World Rally Championship with in 2008. Reportedly, David and Colin had come to a handshake agreement for Colin to drive that car in 2008 and make a heroic return to the World Rally Championship with his old team, ProDrive. But unfortunately, on the 15th of September 2007, Colin was taken from us, um, along with fa um, a fa family friend and his son, and also Colin's son uh, as, as well, which is incredibly sad. But... And so we never got to see him return in the Impreza. But what we did see in the 1990s with Colin McRae cemented what we know and love the Subaru Impreza to be. Now, let's talk about road cars with the Subaru Impreza. And there's one in particular that is just my favourite. It's called the P1. Uh, and the P1 was produced um, in conjunction with ProDrive. And it's the only ever car that ProDrive have actually put their name to as a complete project. It was built on the actually the Japanese domestic market two-door coupe body shell. They only produced 1,000 of them and the car boasted 276 brake horsepower, which was an awful lot in the year 2000 when it was sold. It was sold in the UK market only and in the last five years or so, the values of this particular car have just skyrocketed. Now to get a good Good condition, low mileage P1 Impreza, you will be over £30,000 for one of these cars. Now, bearing in mind they would have retailed for much less than that when they were new um, it's, uh, 20 years ago. It's just an, an extraordinary an extraordinary thing. So, the last thing I want to talk about is the livery that the Subaru Impreza wore. And this is very relevant to the heel tread um, Subaru Impreza socks because uh, I have to say I've got I've got a pair at home. My 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 uh, my cousin actually got me a pair for my Christmas and um, to add to my collection, and they're in the beautiful light blue and gold uh, stripes of the um, Subaru Impreza World Rally Car livery. Now um, it's a little bit not PC nowadays, but the Subaru, the original Subaru Impreza rally car livery, which we all know and love, was actually um, it was based around the colour scheme of the 555 cigarette brand, a brand owned by British American Tobacco, and that's where the number plate L555BAT comes from. BAT, British American Tobacco, and the car was it was painted in the kind of royal blue uh, of um, that particular company gold stripes and crucially gold wheels which became an absolute um, staple of the design of a both rally and road going Subaru uh, Impreza and even to this day they are still competing in that with that livery in 
in the American Rally Championship as well. So if you're a Subaru fan, if you might be a Subaru owner, lucky you if you are, um, you can get yourself a pair of these lovely comfy Subaru WRC um, 555 socks. Um, if you do not wish to acquire a pair um, through heeltread.com website, why not? You're very silly. Uh, if you want to try and win a pair, you can um, by subscribing to our show, the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast, via the Podbean app. Um, you can also do it um, through the internet as well on podbean.com. So, Thank you very much for listening to this uh, Heel Tread story. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. We have one more in the series about the iconic Volvo 850 British touring car. And that's for those not familiar with it, that is the Volvo estate car that they took to the British Championship back in 1994. So that'll be the next episode in the series. And I look forward to telling you that story then. Thank you very much for listening.